Hey listeners, do I have an event for you? Billings American Legion is putting on their annual Hall of Fame dinner April 9th at the Doubletree Hotel. Join us for a night of fun honoring current and past Legion ballplayers. All proceeds go right back to the program. More information to follow, but you want to be sure to mark this date. This year's Hall of Fame class is truly amazing. You can follow their stories here on our podcast and then meet them in person at the Hall of Fame dinner. They are an inspiration to all. Thank you and for your support. Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined by Billings American Legion Hall of Fame inductee, Brandon Page. How are you doing today, Brandon? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. So what does it mean to you to be inducted into the Hall of Fame for Billings American Legion? Uh, it's, uh, it's an honor. There's no doubt. I mean, I think when I look back over what's, you know, some of the best memories of my life were playing uh, American Legion baseball and you know, a lot of the opportunities that afforded me um, in my career beyond baseball. So I, you know, there's not very many people that are, uh, that are in the hall of fame. And as we just mentioned a couple minutes ago, we're the first three time nominee with two years of, uh, of COVID. So definitely an honor to be uh, a third year up and really excited to actually have the, uh, you know, the banquet this year, but it's a, uh, it's an honor. For sure. Definitely. So I kind of, I have your page here right in front of me and um it mentioned that you went to the University of Utah. So how was that process for you to go from, you know, high school to college ball? It was an adjustment for sure. Um, you know, and if you look back, you know, we played two years in the Mountain West, two years in the Western Athletic Conference, and it was during the minus five era. And for those that are not old enough to know what the minus five era, but that was the, the weight to um, length ratio of bat. And this was a time when the bats were, ultra hot. I mean, what you have now, they've, they've definitely leveled the playing field to some extent, but, um, you know, scores, and, you know, of course we were playing at elevation as well. So, you know, you'd have games that were, you pitch a great game and people were check swinging home runs and throwing their bat out on an outside pitch and it would, you know, get over. So it was a, it was a challenge. I, mean, I remember showing up the first day of practice and, you know, I think, you know, we hit home runs from time to time. These guys were hitting, you know, batting practice, every third ball was going like 450 feet. So, it was a big adjustment. Um, halfway through my career, my junior year, they they switched, and we actually went wood bats for a period of time for part of the season. And, and guess what? My lowest ERA was during the wood bat era of uh, <laughs> of my college career. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, there weren't a lot of weaknesses. Guys could could really hit. You had to to take. You know, you had to think about what you were doing. You couldn't just go out there and overpower anybody. Everybody threw high 80s and low 90s and even higher and uh it was about you know working harder and being smarter than, than your opponent for sure you know so you mentioned just there that your time in college they use wood and aluminum bats and i noticed now they're using aluminum but if you go out into the minor leagues at 18 you're using wood bats do you think college should institute the wood bat so that it's more like minor leagues for the pros um Yes and no. I, I do think there's a component of just what's, what's interesting about the game to watching um, offense and it isn't quite as, you know, it isn't quite the same. The exit velocity off of bats is different um, off of wood bats than it is metal. And then there's a cost factor. You know, I mean, you, you break bats all the time and, you know, you, we'd still break metal bats, but it was certainly far less than the wood bats. So I do think there's a, a major wood component. There's also a sustainability component um, as well that is sort of, you know, I would love for them to get the, the composite wood bats down where it's, 
you know, maybe a little bit easier to hit a little bigger sweet spot on than a, than a traditional wood bat, but maybe not mm -hmm. quite so um, electric as what you see coming off with metal bats. For sure. So now I kind of want to go back into your Legion career. You played three years for the Scarlets and went pretty much undefeated here in Billings. I think you said in your questionnaire, you went 17 and one. So how is it to be so unhittable maybe even here, you know, to where you won all your games here? Yeah, it's funny because the one game I, I lost was actually the, the only game my, my grandmother came and watched. Um, oh, we no. never invited her. We never invited her back. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you know, it was, it certainly was hittable. Uh, I had a lot of really far balls hit off me over the years. So, um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I love playing at Cobb Field. I was really sad to see it, uh, you know, to be replaced here, you know, quite a few years ago at this point, but um, just a place I felt comfortable in and I like the lights and I'm, I'm the most competitive person you'll ever meet. And I enjoyed the challenge. I you know, a lot of, a lot of great games against the Scarlets and um, you know, it was a little bit different too. Like there wasn't quite the pitch count emphasis. I mean, I, I remember throwing a lot of 120, 130 pitch games, you know, a lot of strikeouts, but too many walks and, you know, it yeah, was just a little bit you, different. Now if you see a kid hit like 80 pitches, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like the highest, I want to say it might've been, I was maybe 16 on the Cardinals or maybe when I was 15 on or 15 on the Cardinals or 16 on the Scarlets, I ended up throwing like 140 pitches in a game. You just wouldn't ever see that. No. In today's game, but uh, um, yeah. For sure. So what is your favorite memory from playing with the Cardinals or the Scarlets? Boy, there was a lot. Um, you know, when I was 16, we ended up going to Cooperstown and played in a tournament back there and got to go through. We were, so you know, I was coach Maggart's last year. Um, and he's, you know, someone we should talk about at some point, but really shaped a lot of, um, you know, how I approached life and, you know, certainly baseball, um, mm -hmm. and, and Les Rohr, um, who I know unfortunately passed away here fairly recently was my pitching coach along with coach Ballard. Um, but Les actually pitched, he, he was in, he played, I think one of the longest games ever, or maybe the longest game at the time was like 23 innings. Wow. So we were able to actually look him up in the stat book in Cooperstown uh, and then made it all the way to the championship game in Cooperstown to get some really good competition. Um, we also, you know, we bust everywhere. So we, like, we bust to Omaha, Nebraska, and was able to go to the College World Series a couple times. We went to Texas, actually got to meet Roger Clemens. Um, Coach Ballard actually hooked us up in a meeting with Roger Clemens. And he was obviously still playing at that time to come in and kind of just talk to the team. And, you know, for a kid from Billings, Montana, that's pretty that's good really exposure. Cool. Yeah, really cool exposure. For sure. So, you know, I've talked to a lot of current players or just out of Legion players, and they've mentioned that bus rides are some of the best parts of Legion. Did you have any fun stories in the buses from your time in Legion? <laughs> uh, well, the one that really stands out. So this is I, I think the Scarlet's now is actually like a really nice bus. We, we did not. We had a bus that had a hole in the bottom of it and I, it <laughs> caught on fire. And so there was literally a hole and you could see the road underneath you and the thing broke down all the time. So I do remember, I do remember actually literally looking at the white lines passing me by uh, through, the bottom, <laughs> through the bottom of the bus. Um, some of my other memories, it sounds funny, but I remember driving through, we were going through Rapid City, South Dakota, Rapid City. This historically had a really strong baseball program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we kicked their butt. We 10 run them twice, but apparently our team couldn't remember signs. And Coach Maggart would keep track of every sign that we missed. This, you know, this was like a two or three day trip and ended with 
kicking Rapid City's butt, which is a huge accomplishment. And we were rewarded by taking the bus to an open field and running sprints for every sign that we missed. And I think we ran like 120 wind sprints. And I looked, I looked over to our teammate. I'm like, you, you realize we won, right? Like we actually beat these guys and we're out here running. Um, but that was, that was coach Maggard. And that was the, uh, the discipline um, that it took to, to run the program like he did. And I think you know, I certainly responded. I was very careful <laughs> looking at signs of the future uh, to not be running as much as we did after a blowout win. So uh, unique. For sure. So what is the greatest thing that you learned from playing baseball? You know, there's so many applicable things that you don't think about when you're playing uh, applicable to the real life. Um, I would say it's a belief in yourself. Um, I think competition is, is good. I do believe there are winners and losers. Not everybody gets a participation trophy. Um, how you deal with losing and how you deal with adversity, both in, you know, baseball, it really trans, you know, transfers to life. And, you know, when you, when I'm in front of, you know, five or 700 people on a, a call or in a meeting, uh, which does happen fairly regularly, it's really not much different than me standing on the mound in front of 10,000 people or whatever the number was. It's, 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 belief in yourself that you can, you know, you know what you're talking about, you know what you're doing was that played the way he did and was intuitive as he was and the way he thought about the game. Um, he was hundred percent. Oh, for sure. I've seen two pictures of his, like just pictures that are about him that are hilarious. It's a house and it's just painted corners. And it's like, this is what happens when you hire Greg Maddox as your painter. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one is just him on the mound. It's like, I'm going to throw an 89 mile an hour fast or sinker and you're still not going to hit it. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I mean, I, I remember watching those games. It was on you know TNT or whatever, Turner. Yeah, there'd be like an hour and 15 minute games. You throw 75 pitches and you have two strikeouts. So, you yeah. know, like that, that's like the one thing you got to, that I learned from him and, and others coach Ballard is that there's a difference between having a good pitch hit hard and a bad pitch and be able to recognize that you threw it right down the middle and the guy hit it 500 feet. Well, you know, shame on you. That's a bad pitch you got to change that. But if you make a good pitch slider low and away and somebody takes it 400 yards off of tip your hat, but don't let it get to you and move on to the next pitch. And so, you know, I think he was the best at that sort of compartmentalizing wins and losses, understanding when you got beat on a good pitch, that's one thing it's, it's, you know, fixing the mistakes and fixing the errors that you make that allow a hitter to, you know, hit a ball um, that you otherwise shouldn't pitch. For sure. So you mentioned your coaches a lot here, just a little bit that we've been talking what is some advice that they've given you in baseball that you not only used in baseball, but then have carried on into your life now? Yeah, you know, it's it probably started in Legion and, and certainly carried through, um, you know, carried through college. I, I think hard work is number one. You know, really immerse yourself. You, you've only got a, a moment in time to play baseball and it feels like it'll go on forever, but then it's over. Um, so really, you know, don't leave any, you know, don't leave anything, any regrets out there. Commit yourself 100%. Um, train in the offseason, lift weights, study the game, study the mental aspect of the game. Do all the things that you can control. You can't control whether you're going to win every game. You can't control whether you're going to get a college scholarship or get drafted. But you can make yourself the best you can possibly be. And, you know, when you look back, you know, 20 years down the road, say, wow, I gave it my all. You know, maybe it's enough, maybe it isn't. But you, you will also take that mentality to, the rest of your life that no matter what profession you move into that if you have a great attitude work extremely hard um give it your all be a team player it's amazing the opportunities that open up it's really no different than sports for sure so 
I'm just looking here during your time at Utah college. What did it mean for you? Boy, you know, I, I, it was one of those things. I had a fantastic freshman season. I was an honorable mention freshman, all American. Um, I set the conference record in saves and the team record in saves and appearances. And those records hung around for, for quite a few years. Um, I don't think I knew any better. I, I wouldn't say the stage was too big. I'd never closed. I'd always been a starter and I was just pretty much thrown however long the game was, it was five, seven, nine innings. That's what I threw and, and move on. Whereas this, I was coming in in the, either the eighth or the ninth inning and getting everybody's best, uh, you know, everybody was focused and, and I really thrived on it. Um, it was a really fun environment to come in with a game on the line and not be warm, just have to come out with your best stuff and be mentally prepared. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just frankly tried to lock in at every moment. I didn't think about the, you know, the fact that I was playing Wichita state which was a top five team or, you know, rice and we're up by one. And it was just, it was just baseball. It's just, it's the same, same field, whether it's in Billings, Montana or in Wichita, Kansas or Omaha, Nebraska. Right. So now I have to ask with the university of Utah recently moving into the PAC 12, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that was a good move for them? Fantastic for the university, for sure. Um, tough on baseball. I mean, you start looking at USC, UCLA, Arizona state, you know, it's, there's some really, really good baseball schools. I, I will say when we played, we had Rice University, which was ranked number one. Uh, Matt Anderson was a number one pick the year, my freshman year. Um, you know, Jeff Weaver at Fresno State. There were a lot of really good baseball players. Lance Berkman, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I wouldn't say that it's it was worse or better. I, I will say top to bottom, the Pac-12 is a much deeper conference. Uh, Oregon State, I didn't mention them. Um, and it's tough because, you know, Utah, we really can't play home games until March. So you'd spend your first 25 games on the road. And we all know on the road, if you're 500, you're good. You win two thirds at home. Like that's sort of the math. But when you start off 25 to 30 games on the road, pretty tough to, to build some momentum. Um, For sure. But, you know, they, was it what, three years ago? They actually won the Pac-12, uh, which Thanks is pretty so, yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, no, they're I, pretty I, fun. I yeah. was down in Utah a few years ago and I actually caught one of their games. They were playing Washington state and I think they won. They were pretty good. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. I never thought I ended up in Utah. It was, uh, you know, it was actually one of coach Maggart's relationships and knew the coach there. And we did a, you know, you know, back then and probably still the case today, we had to recruit ourselves. There was no mm-hmm. huddle or some of these other things. So we literally would send out stats and here's my grades. I have good grades and, you know, pretty good baseball numbers. And then, you know, got a few people to, to respond. And, you know, my parents and I would fly out or drive out and actually meet the coaches. And that's how the Utah offer ultimately came out. I, I went out to Salt Lake and they played in the AAA stadium, which they still do today, Yeah, which was a big draw. I didn't, you know, I'd never been to Salt Lake before. I had no connection to it. Um, but obviously a full ride scholarship makes you look pretty hard at it. Uh, and I live in, I live in Park City, Utah today. So I, we'd moved away. Um, you know, my career sort of took me to different places over the years, but about five years ago, we were able to move back and uh, live in the mountains in Park City today, which is great. And that is beautiful country. It is. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So you also now are a father to two kids and um, on this, they're seven and four, but that was obviously three years ago. So they're probably like 10 and seven now, right? <laughs> eight, eight and six, almost nine. My son turns nine here in a, in a couple weeks. So yeah, nine and six. <laughs> All right. Have any of or have either of them shown interest in baseball or softball? Uh, so my son, so it's interesting. My son's left-handed, which is fantastic. He's, he's my older one. Uh, my wife claims that I, I taped his right hand 
to his leg <laughs> from an early age, but I have video from when he was two and three, you know, throwing and hitting left-handed. Um, you know, it's interesting, the shift now, the spring has really moved to lacrosse. Lacrosse mm -hmm. is like taking over the West and it directly coincides with baseball season. Um, and again, I live in the mountains and it's, you know, I'm looking out at like four feet of snow in my front yard right now. So, you know, there is no high, well, there is high school baseball, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty short season up here. Um, they don't have the same Legion set up and all of his buddies are playing lacrosse. So, so far he is not, I put him in a couple of camps and he's got fantastic hand-eye coordination. He's, you know, I played basketball through high school. He's very good at playing basketball. My wife, uh, played through college as well. So you know, he's got some, some good genes in there to do something, but we unfortunately haven't, uh, haven't gotten playing baseball quite yet, but you know, he's only eight. So there's plenty of time to, to do all this time. <laughs> yeah. I really want him to play though, but I'll be honest, five hour games with seven and eight year olds is tough, you know, tough to watch and everything's moved even at that age to travel ball and yeah. the team that's here now, I mean, they're, they're seven years old and they're playing you know, five games a week and traveling all over the state. And it just seems like a lot. And, and they want a commitment beyond three to four months. This is a six plus month, you know, season. And I, I don't know, I, I really believe strongly in playing multiple sports. I think you get a lot, you know, there's things you learn from both basketball and lacrosse that are transferable to, to baseball, to, to any mm -hmm. sport really. So to the extent that I can keep him playing a lot of things, um, you know, the, the, the skill side takes time, but you can't teach talent and, intuition and i think you get a lot of those you know you round out as an athlete by playing more than one sport oh for sure definitely so montana just adopted high school baseball so that, that's yeah. going to work up here <laughs> i remember legion being you know snowy in may so i, I it's going to be interesting to see just how the season works out um I, it's interesting i mean i i think uh i guess the first thing that came to mind was how you know legion in my opinion, it's really good competition because you get one to two teams for the entire city. Right. Whereas now you've got four and five high schools, three to five high schools, each fielding a team. And so what does that do to the talent level? And, you know, I guess more, more kids get to play, which I think is good. They get exposure to the game, but in terms of, you know, the, the talent pool isn't as, as deep in Montana to begin with. And when mm -hmm. you, you know, when you sort of dilute it out to more teams, what do the kids really get out of it when they're, playing a team that, you know, you got a guy that can barely throw strikes and I, so, you know, kind of teaches some bad habits. And so I think it's interesting. It is, um, it is a disadvantage for sure. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have travel teams back then. We didn't have high school baseball. I played baseball for two and a half months a year right. and I played basketball and did other things, um, in the off season, but it was tough to get noticed. And that's why, you know, historically there had only been two to three people a year that would play division one baseball. I think there were some good talent. You didn't, you didn't get the reps and you didn't get the access, uh, you know, to coaches, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll be curious to see how it plays out. I hope it's, I hope there's not more games snowed out and hopefully they're playing games. No, it's, for sure. you know, it's, it's pretty cold. I almost kind of wonder, I know in Billings, at least the fall tends to be better than the spring. So I 100%. almost wonder if they should do like an August to like, even early November. I, mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. I guess the only question is, be how, you know, do you, do you look at how much wear and tear on arms that people have played? You know, you started in March, April throwing. Right. Um, you know, you played through July and now you've got a couple weeks off and you're playing, you know, an extra three months or something on the heels of a, of a competitive 
you know, season. So that would be bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Of, and, and I ended up, you know, I ended up having surgery in my arm, which was, you know, part of my, the end of my career. And, you know, was, was it those 130, 40 pitch innings? I'm sure they didn't help um, you know, <laughs> all over after all those years, but you know, on young arms, you, you don't think you need to play baseball nine months a year. Right. No, for sure. So, you know, with your kids now, what is one story that you want to tell them about your Legion days? Boy, I, that's a good question. Um, it's not necessarily a story about a single event, but it's, I guess it's the journey, you know, and it's about respect. And I, I go back to Coach Maggard, and even to this day, like we actually spent time, my, my favorite quote, I still use it with some of my friends that are, you know, teammates then, friends today, were gentlemen to the fence and back. And for those that are listening to this, that remember Coach Maggard called Coach Schultz, that was their favorite line. It's like, if you didn't do it perfect, you were the fence and back. And, and so do things with purpose. We would, he, we actually had practice on how to fold a flag and to raise it briskly, drop it ceremoniously. I mean, these are, this is like 25 years ago. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, and I hope my kids have that same experience um, but, but do things with purpose. Don't just take it for granted. Don't joke around with your friends. There's a reason for it. Is it, is it to be the best flag raiser around? Like probably not, but there's a lot of that discipline that, that you, that you do transfer into your life. And, and as you go on that, you know, there's a lot of really smart people. There's a lot of really motivated people in the world, but how do you differentiate yourself? And, and you know, having competitive sports is back in, in your background is important. It's helped me get jobs along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also having that mentality that, that you care more about something than somebody else and you're willing to go the extra mile. And I think all those, that journey and that process of busing all over the country, losing and having bus start on fire and stopping after blowout winds to run hundred wind sprints in 90 degrees in humidity, that all shapes you as a person. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's, it was an invaluable experience in my life, no question. For sure. Well, hey, thank you so much, Brandon, for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this interview and can't wait to see you here in about a month for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, I'm excited to, to be out there. Thank you for the time. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thanks.